Mother's Day. Man, the day when mom drags you to church, right? What do you want for Mother's Day? I want you to go to church with me. Okay, there you are. Well, I, here's what I realized. Uh, I've been doing this long enough where I realize this is a conflicting day for many of us. For some of you, Mother's Day is a day full of honor and fun. It's about you. You had a breakfast in bed. You get flowers. For some, though, um, it's a sad day because you're reminded of what you've lost and who you've lost. And for some others of us, it's, it's a day that reminds us of what we can't hold or can't yet hold. And so as I speak on Mother's Day, I, I realize that it's not just a day of happiness for everybody. And so I, I decided that we wouldn't just speak to moms today, if that's okay, because a good percentage of the people in this room would not have anything to take out of it. So we're not going to just speak to moms. Instead, I'm going to speak to a different group of people. So I want you to get ready to raise your hand if, if you fit in this group. I want you to raise your hand this morning. If at some point in your past, you um, were carried around for nine months inside of a mom and she painstakingly gave birth to you. I'm talking to you today, Okay. Do you know what a, a pain you were to bring into this world? Well, this morning we're going to talk um, something that applies to all of us. It applies to moms, but it applies to everybody. Everyone who had their hand up and the introverts who wouldn't yet raise their hand. It, it applies to all of us. And that's this verse that Jesus talks about in Matthew. You can read along in your Bible or you can look up here on the screens with me. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28, he says this. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Now, we know moms are weary, but can we all be honest for a second? We're all weary, aren't we? We're all, we're all burdened. This, Jesus is calling everyone who's tired and weary and burdened to listen up. And if, if, if that's you then you have something today. God has something for you. you know, they say that Red Bull gives you wings and five-hour energy gives you five hours of energy. But, but neither of those are cures for weariness. They don't cure tiredness. They just cover it up. And what they do is you're still exhausted, you're still tired, but they can stimulate your brain while your body falls apart around it. But Jesus isn't talking about a cure or cover-up here. He's not talking about a, a couple hours of cover-up. He's talking about a cure. He wants to treat our weariness and our burdensome. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. What does weary mean? I mean, you get weary after some physical exertion. You know, when I was 20, I could get a few hours of sleep at night, and I was amazed at how resilient I was the next morning. And now in my 40s, it's a different ball game. Anybody else with me? Yeah, well, the bodies, they wear down, don't they? And, and we get physically weary and then mental weary. I mean, how many, how many of you have just laid there with things flying through your mind and um, complex issues and, and things to deal with, business stuff and relationships and just thinking through it all as it continues to go through and then emotional fatigue, emotional weariness, just where you have been wounded. Maybe you've wounded somebody. Maybe it's, it's got to such a point where you find yourself indifferent to some things that, you, that should matter or, or depressed or sad and broken. And I remember that there were times in my life that if I was awake, I was grieving. We all have seasons and times of emotional weariness. And then how many of you are, and this is rhetorical, how many of you are tired and need to be recharged? 
Like, we don't need a five-hour energy drink. We need a five-hour nap and, like, a five-year energy drink, don't we? Like, something that just, well, it's not quite cutting it. What we, that cup of joe is not quite cutting it for us. Now, what makes us weary? This is easy. Life does. I mean, we are walking around in bodies that aren't meant to go for the long haul. <laughs> they get tired. They break down. They need sleep and healing. And we're weary because we've been exerting ourselves or illness or just living you know, we get low on fuel and we don't perform like we should. It's Mother's Day, so I'm going to tell a story about my mom. Back when we were at Church of Redstone, where my dad planted the church, we went through a season where we didn't have a church building, and so we somehow got this old schoolhouse and parked it behind the Coke ovens up there in Redstone. Now, I don't know if you know this, but there's no electricity behind those Coke ovens, and so we had a generator that would go with a long cord off, and it would, they would tuck it away in one of those, those ovens. And we would heat the church with it. And we'd all gather in there and bundle up. And it was one of my favorite memories. And my mother, Rebecca, has such a beautiful voice. And all throughout my growing up, she would sing a special. That was kind of a special we just had earlier. She would sing a special. And, and back in those days, uh, we had a, volume was never an issue like it is these days. They would just push play on a tape player. A little portable, little boom box. They'd sit it up and push play, and then she'd sing. And because we were on a... We were in a Coke oven schoolhouse church. And so one day I remember we're sitting there and I'm watching my mom sing and it was beautiful. And we all started getting really nervous. As long as my mom did as well because the track, the, the tape player began to slow <laughs> down. And my mom's octaves oh, oh, began to slow down as the generator was running out of gas. And it was at that moment Mike Ferguson jumped up, hit the back doors, and we all knew. We were like counting one 1,000, two 1,000. He was sprinting down the side of the church, down to where the coke, and he poured it in. And we all knew Mike could save the day when all of a sudden my mom, we were back on track. We were back in the moment. That was beautiful. But we all run out of gas. We all run low on fuel and need to be recharged. And we don't respond right or, or work the way we should. And perhaps, um, perhaps some of you are so tired that you aren't working at your best. Or more likely, if you're like me and others, it's, it's the home life that su suffers. You turn it on for work, and then when you get home, we just crash. And how do you respond to a, a spouse or a roommate when you're empty? And they're bothersome. How much patience do you have for your children or your friends when you're low on energy, when you're weary? You see, we've all been there. Many of us are, are there right now. And so God is speaking to us today, and he has something for you. You whose hearts are weary, you whose hearts are broken. Now, what burdens us? We talked about being weary. Weariness is something that we manifest on the inside, uh, but a burden is something that, we, that, that weighs us down on the outside. And I just, what, what, what circumstances, what, what situations in your life do you carry in a burden? What, do you, what are you carrying on your back that is just weighing you down? You know, for some of us, it's financial concern, and this can be a big one. Financial concerns, that's, that's always a fun one, you know? Burden, right? We all, it's, it's just part of life. You just got to carry that stuff. Well, then, what about... What about relational burdens? You know, some of you are, are walking right now with a burden of a breaking relationship or the leftover burden of a, of a broken relationship. And so we have these added burdens that we just carry. 
for many of us, it's, it's issues and things that were done to us in our past. Things that, that happened to us, maybe we did, that, that just continue to pile on guilt and shame and, and bur- further burden in our life. And then we can't forget about those fun things like anxiety. Man, anxiety is always a fun one. So you get some anxiety um, about all the circumstances and things going wrong and you, you get some of that in there, right? There's a lot of burden. We all carry burden. Anger and bitterness. You know, I, I, I have a thought. If there's anybody in your life that when you think about them or you see them, you get angry, then you are carrying a burden of resentment. You carry that with you. Jesus says, come to me, you who are weary, on the inside, and, and, and burdened on the outside, and I will give you rest. He's talking to us, isn't he? He's talking to each of us. Life does this to us. Jesus is calling us. He says, where do you find yourself burdened today, Orchard? What are you carrying around today? Where are you weary inside? He goes on. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Now, a yoke, this is such an interesting term because a yoke in the physical sense is something you would put on the neck of an ox or a horse, a heavy, cumbersome thing, and it would be attached to a plow or a wagon. So Jesus is saying, hey, are you, are you weary and burdened? Let's put a yoke on you. It, it doesn't sound like it fits, but Jesus isn't saying this. He's talking about a different sort of yoke. You see, in Jesus' day and age, there were a lot of rabbis, and these rabbis believed the same kind of core truth about God in the, in the Old Testament, the Torah. But outside of this, this core group of beliefs, each rabbi, based on their experience and personality and who they were and the revelation from God, would have unique beliefs about how they live that faith out. Unique teachings. You can listen to two rabbis and hear two different kind of sermons. You can get two preachers in the same room, and this is obvious right away. It's your flavor of what you believe God is saying expressed through you. And so these um, rabbis, they would have these unique examples. It's called their yoke. Those teachings that were unique to them were called their yoke. And so one rabbi in Jesus' time, he believed that money was evil. And that money would lead you from God. And so he said, me and my disciples will carry no money. We'll take a vow of poverty. That was his yoke. Another rabbi, he believed that it was in quiet solitude and silence that you truly connect with God. And so he would say, for me and for my disciples, we take a vow of silence. That's his yoke. Now both believe the same about God and the Torah, but their ministries and their teachings would, would feel vastly different. That's their yoke. It's their specific revelation and how they live out their faith. If you're a person back in those days and you were looking to be a disciple, what you would do is this, and this is what they would do. They would go and start listening to rabbis. And you would go listen to this guy and you would hear him speak and, and he, would, he would say something about a, a vow of poverty and maybe that resonated with you. Maybe it didn't. Or maybe you go listen to this other rabbi over here and, and they would say something about the vow, vow of silence. 
Maybe that is not anything you wanted to be a part of, but you would go and listen to these rabbis and then you would think, which one resonates in my soul? Which rabbi do I want to most be like? Listen, you don't want to be, you don't want to know what your rabbi knows. You want to be like your rabbi. That's the goal. And so you would go pick a rabbi that you wanted to be like and you would say, I, I've listened, I've studied. I, I want to take your yoke upon me. I, I want to become like you. So when Jesus says, take my yoke and learn from me, what he's saying here is take upon yourself the things that I live, that I teach. Take, take my revelations from God and how, how I live my faith out and come be like me. Don't come learn what I'm saying. Come be like your rabbi. If you're weary, come be my disciple. Come learn from me. If you're burdened, listen, take that cumbersome yoke that you're carrying off your back and take up my yoke. Take up the one that I offer. He continues. He calls himself gentle and humble. And gentleness always sounded like a word that was so sweet and fuzzy and kind of weak to me. Oh, gentle. And then uh, one thing God often does is he gives me one word for a year to be my theme. And four years ago, he gave me the word gentleness. And I learned so much about it. And I learned that gentleness isn't weak at all. I learned that only powerful people need to learn to be gentle. And there are places where you are powerful and you know it. And the greatest thing God would call you into is gentleness. You ever, you ever held a baby chick in your hand? I mean, the power difference between you and the chick is exponential. But you're so gentle as you hold it. And what Jesus is saying here is, I'm all powerful. But I have hands that hold you gently. I'm big enough. I'm strong enough to carry all your burden, take all your sin. But I hold you gently in hands of love. I hold your heart and your hopes gently because I love you. Where are you burdened? He's all-powerful, and he's gentle. He says uh, he's humble. You know, Jesus didn't elevate himself. He modeled humility for us, and he called us to be humble. Why? Because Jesus had all authority, yet he chose humility. Jesus was secure enough to be gentle despite having all power, and he was secure enough to be humble despite having all authority. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Come, be my disciple, for I am all-powerful, yet I'm gentle. I have all authority, but I'm humble at heart. Follow me and you'll find rest for your souls. What, what does rest for your soul mean? How does our soul get weary? Like that's a different level of weary than some of us experience after a long weekend. You know what? What earthly situations like lack of sleep and a racing mind or a broken heart or anger or unforgiveness, while those can weigh our, ourselves down, our body and emotions and heart and mind, soul weary comes from deep, deep within. This is weariness at a whole different level. You see, your soul, your spirit, is the deepest core of who you are. It's, it's well below your emotions, well below your mind, and, and well below your body. The soul, the spirit, is what sets us apart. Now, what happens to you when the deepest part of your being is weary? What do you think happens? I mean, how do you take a nap for your soul? Red Bull's never marketed. It gives you wings for your soul. 
It's, it's so far below the surface that there is no amount of sleep or vacation that can recover you. Have you ever been on vacation and you needed it? You needed the vacation and you get on the vacation and by the time you get back from vacation, you're already so tired and you're looking for your next vacation. You can take Instagram photos of your feet at a beach by the hundreds and there's not enough beach in the world to restore your soul. You can never sleep in enough to rest your soul. You can learn psychology. You can learn some meditation. You can learn mindfulness that give you peace of mind and still never have peace of soul. And when the deepest part of us is burdened and weary, it affects the entire being. But when you find rest for your soul, you get to live and love and be and do from rest. This is what Jesus is offering. Not just peace of mind, not just rest for your mind and body and heart, but rest that will quiet your soul and give you a deep peace so that your soul can stop striving, so your spirit can stop carrying a burden it was never intended to. You see, there was a study about what children need to fully grow and fully mature that if they don't get one of these three things, they will never fully self-actualize. But as I looked at it, this isn't just for children. This is for us today. You see, children and adults, at the deepest core of who we are, we have questions that we have to have answered. Questions of the soul about what's my true purpose? Am I unconditionally loved? Am I unconditionally forgiven? Questions about who am I and who tells me who I am? Because who informs you of who you are will change everything. The first question that must be settled in the soul level is, who am I? And I believe that having your identity rooted in Jesus and settled there will be the greatest indicator of your quality of life and the richness of your spiritual life. If our identity is not answered at the soul level, weariness will be a part of our life because we will consistently strive to fill that void with things we find around us. We take that question, who am I? And we take it to the world around us. And they get to tell us. Where you take these deep eternal questions can change your life. You see, God says that he's placed eternity within us. There is something deep within you that is eternal, that is infinite. He's placed himself, eternity within you. That's the part of God's image. The deepest part of us, our spirit was created by God in his image. Now, if in my identity, I have an infinite need, an infinite need for God, if I try to fill it with finite resources in the world, I will be exhausted. I will continue to struggle as I fill that infinite question with finite answers. But if I want deep, lasting peace, if I want deep, lasting peace and I'm looking at the world for it, I have to consistently, constantly strive. Find circumstances that, that seem peaceful. Find relationships where things go my way. Find positions and jobs that, that I like and that, 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 that give me worth and significance. It's exhausting to go through life answering an infinite question with finite resources. And you will work your whole life and never settle that question because our soul craves a peace that is unshakable and that is eternal and that is infinitely resourced. 
I deal with this. You deal with this. We all deal with this. We all take our questions. We take our eternal questions and we look for temporary answers. John Eldridge, an author, tells us each person carries unique questions around to the world and two of the questions we take with us, the first one is, do I have what it takes? We're born with, do I have what it takes to, to make it in life? Do I have what it takes to be significant? And we take this anywhere we can. We take it to relationships. Do I have what it takes to be who I want to be in a relationship? Do I, do I have what it takes to be successful? And we begin to go out in the world and immediately you're shown that if you take that question to uh, the world and work hard, it gives you a little something. I, I have what it takes. I have what it takes until, you, until it starts to shake. And it's not just your work shaking, it's your worth shaking. Because you've taken an eternal question to a temporary answer. Another question we take is, am I captivating? Am I captivating? And a little girl who never roots her identity in Jesus and knows who he says she is will take that question to every career and every relationship she has. And she will say, am I captivating? To every finite person she meets, hoping they can answer an infinite question. The cost is high for doing this. We're weary. We're burdened. We're burned out, aren't we? Aren't we? Man, it's exhausting. Jesus says, I'll give you rest for your very soul. Why is this important? Because in Jesus lies the reality of who we truly are. It settles that identity. Listen, did you know that in Jesus you are significant not because you do something of worth, but because he declared it. Did you know you have great worth, not because of what you accomplish, but because he said you had worth. You have what it takes because you are the home of the Spirit of God. You're captivating because you're the beloved of the king of the universe. You have what it takes because, listen, where he calls you, he's gonna equip you. You're captivating because if every person you know says at some point that you're worthless, you know that your worth comes not from this world, but from the one who created it. You have significance. Because if all your striving fails, if everything you put your hands to in the world fails, you still have the unconditional affirmation of the God of the universe. And someday... When someday I will stand before the king of kings and my whole life will fade away. Everything that has told me I'm worth or not worthy will fade away. I will stand before him and it will be that only Jesus Christ and his sacrifice has given me that worth. And what I want to learn is to do that today in my life now. It sets me free. It unplugs me from the matrix of this exhausting way of living. You want rest for your very soul? Know who you are in Jesus. Dig into his word and, and find out the nature of God because he declares the nature of who you are. Know his teachings. The second thing we need to, to mature is this, autonomy. Autonomy within healthy boundaries. Autonomy is the ability to self-lead. And, and I, always, I just want to remind you of something. You don't believe me, but you love rules. We, don't, we say we don't, but have you ever been to a game a sporting event, who gets yelled at the most? The ref. 
Yeah, we love rules. We love to hate rules, but we love rules. Have you ever imagined a game where there are no rules? You ever watch kids play a game and they just make it up as they go along and everyone loses and they're all in tears? Have you ever, can you imagine driving with no rules? Can you imagine a society with no boundaries? Can you imagine a marriage with no boundaries? You know, if I tell my children, don't play in the road, but in their independence, they go outside of that boundary, it could cost them everything. Oh, but you're an adult. Well, you could go do the same thing and go play in the street. Cost you everything. And did you know there are boundaries in life and there are areas of your life that if in your rebellion you go outside of those boundaries, it could cost you everything that matters the most to you. Your career, your character, your marriage, your children, your life. Autonomy within healthy boundaries is vital. Where are you giving yourself permission to live outside of healthy and holy boundaries of God? And I want to remind you, this is not legalism. This is healthy living. You see, I can, it's not legalism to be faithful to my wife. When I stay within that boundary, I have the joy and peace that comes with marriage and I, I avoid the incredible pain and destruction of infidelity. Why are boundaries so important? Why is it so important to being exhausted and weary? Because oftentimes, the things that exhaust us most, the things that exhaust our hearts, our minds, and our souls, is when we are living outside of the healthy boundaries God has for us. Nothing will exhaust your soul like unrepentant sin. It's just true. When those places where I'm living outside God's boundaries, it churns on me and weighs on me. And so we find our identity in Jesus as this oasis of peace, but we must continually be courageous enough to step into repentance and confession. Repentance is simply turning away and coming back in bounds. Repentance is turning away from sin. Confession is telling somebody about it. Telling God and telling somebody. Now confession is scary. Confession brings freedom. Oftentimes, the heaviest burden that you carry. Oftentimes, the heaviest burden that you carry in your life. You know, we carry these burdens around of relationships and hardships, but the secrets that we refuse to confess weigh us down. And you can walk through life, man, I got Jesus. But you are carrying a burden on your back that he never intended you to carry. You want rest for your soul? Begin to live a lifestyle of repentance and confession. And listen, where you're out of God's bounds, today, come back in. Repent and come back. The third thing is belonging. I don't need to belabor this point. Part of weariness and burden is when you are alone. Divide and conquer. And you know, here at this church, we believe in everything's relational. And it's called the body of Christ. If you're new here or even you've been here, God tells us, he goes, don't give up meeting with each other. We are the kingdom of heaven together. So despite any dysfunction, you may have experienced at other churches. I would say don't give up on it. And I just want to let you know on a secret. The orchard is full of imperfect people and you're one of them. <laughs> 
And if you're looking for a perfect church, don't go there because you'll ruin it. (laughs) We're all imperfect people here trying to follow Jesus, the main thing as best we can. And I would encourage you, if, if you're not part of a growth group, join one. I can give no better endorsement for growth group than to tell you that godly community can bring rest for your soul. They share your burden. We know this stuff, don't we? Like at some level, you know this, but you forget. And we forget we get busy. And when we get busy, oh, man, we get weary, don't we? Jesus finishes off saying, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Man, the yoke of Jesus in his teachings, it should be easy and light. It shouldn't be like this, should it? And some of you, you've grown up under a heavy religious burden. Remember those days? And you still kind of deal with some of that stuff. I'm going to tell you Jesus' yoke. Are you ready for this? It's something we say a lot here. Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love others as yourself. Love God and love people. That is his yoke. Come, put on my yoke, he says. Love me with all that you are, and then go and love other people. And if you do these things, you will find rest and peace for your soul. Your mind will be at peace. Your, your heart will have less burden and you'll be resourced eternally and infinitely by God's resources. So today, Orchard, where are you tired? Where are you weary? Orchard, what is in your burden today? What secrets are you carrying? What, what emotional burden? What relational burden? What, what financial burden? What are you carrying around that God never asked you to? Where do we take it? There's a place that we take these burdens. He's asked us, he's made it clear that we don't have to live this way. We don't have to live this way with this huge pack on our back that just weighs us down. And in fact, God calls us to the cross of Jesus. There's a place to take your burden this morning. There's a place to take your weariness. You see, at the cross, in what Jesus did for me, in the work of Jesus to live and die and resurrect, I find my truest identity as forgiven and redeemed. At the cross of Jesus, orchard, you can lay down your sins. At the cross of Jesus, you can lay down your addictions. At the cross of Jesus is the place where you can finally, all those things that you've been carrying, some for decades, some for days, you can lay those at his cross. You are not asked to carry those things in God's kingdom. You're free of the guilt, free of the shame. He says, don't walk in worry, walk in faith. At the cross, I find I'm called to a purpose to transform lives. At the cross, I find the work of my hero, my champion, my savior, who declares that I'm forgiven and redeemed and free to walk holding his yoke. Orchard, at the cross, you can lay down any burden, any sin, anything, any weary, any anxiety. Lay it at the cross. You're not expected to carry that. Jesus would say this. He would say, come be my disciple. Come know that my words and know my my yoke and wear that, carry that. 
Because today, Orchard, might be the day that you need to lay down some unforgiveness that you still carry. You still have a root of bitterness for somebody in your past, and you have been carrying that around for decades. And listen, you're not holding it against them. They're still holding you. The best thing you could do today is walk out of here having put your unforgiveness at the cross. Others of us, we are in here with anxieties. So much anxieties that this life brings us. And you can bring those anxieties. You can put them at the foot of the cross. Ask for his peace and begin to know what his word says about living without worry. For some of you today, you carry around a bag of secrets, a burden of secrets. You don't have to. You can be free of that today. You can bring light to those places and have freedom. You can come and you can put down the cumbersome weight of religious legalism. Today, where are you, where are you weary? Where are you burdened? It's time to come back to the foot of the cross. And that's why we end in communion. Because communion is the symbol of the sacrifice of Jesus, his blood and his body. And if you're new to the orchard, there's no class to take. Jesus stated plainly, Come, do this in, repent, in remembrance of me. If you want to remember him, you're free to do it. And I would encourage you to come get the symbol of his body and blood. And, and you, can, you can even come up here up front if you want at the foot of the cross. We'll move it here in the middle. You can, you can come to the foot of the cross if you want and lay your burden down. Or you can go back to your chair. And I want you to thank him for the work he did because he's the main thing. And then I want you to begin going through your burden and your weariness, and just handing it over to him. I don't want to carry this unforgiveness anymore. I don't want to carry this secret anymore. I don't want to carry this sin anymore. I don't want to carry this worry anymore. Jesus, help me. And in communion, remember that the cross is where we lay our burdens. Today, Jesus would say, come to me, you, my son, who's burdened. Come to me, you, my daughter, who's, who's so weary from striving. Take the bread and take the cup and remember what I did on the cross because I want to give you soul rest and I want to set you free. Jesus, we thank you that in you we have true identity, that in you we have freedom. Forgive us for packing our bags full and trying to make this whole thing work. You called us to follow you with the yoke that you give us. So today, Father, in your tenderness and gentleness, call us out from secrets. Call us out from burden and worry. We trust you, Jesus. Speak clearly. Amen.